0: My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again, and again, and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me, not anymore. Spider-Man swings
1: in once a day, zip zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one. I love you moms. Yeah, I know that. You got to say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I I want to hear hear it. it. Look at this place. Dad, I love love you. you. (sighs) Dad, I love you. That's That's a copy. Ladies and gentlemen. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought.
0: You ever hear of the Super Collider? You're going to love this.
1: Dimension opening now.
0: You're like me. All right, kid, listen up.
1: This fry is your universe. It's soggy, it's weird, it's gross. And this delicious, normal fry is my universe. So
0: you want to learn to be Spider Man? Can you teach me? Yes, I can. Time to swing. Ah, Good, to do it, double tap to yeah. release and whip it out again. Okay. Whip and release. You're a natural. Whip. whip. Ah.
1: Hey, guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey, fellas. Hello. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. OK. We need to get back to our universes soon. Brooklyn is going to collapse. My family lives in Brooklyn. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Miles, what's wrong?
0: This was never your city.
1: It's mine. If I don't destroy the Collider, none of us will have a home to go home to. Remember, what makes you different, let's go, is what makes you Spider Man. Officer, I love you. <laughs> Wait, what? That way, that way. Hmm. Other way, other way,
0: other way, other way.
1: Do animals talk in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak him out.
0: Welcome to The Complete Works, an in-depth look into the career and filmography of Nicolas Cage. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the depths of true cagedom is my friend, co-host, and fellow Cage-aholic... Mike Triccio. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing uh, just great. How are you, Mike? I'm great, Mike. So we've only got two movies left to talk about on this podcast, uh, which is insane to me that we've we've come to the finish line. It's, it's almost done. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and next episode... We'll be discussing the last film the Nicolas Cage made in 2018, which was called Between Worlds, and I haven't seen that one, so who knows? Maybe it's good, but I doubt (laughs) it's as good as the movie we're going to talk about today. Uh, A movie that I was pretty breathlessly anticipating as a huge fan of filmmakers Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and an even huger fan of Spider-Man. I am, of course, talking about uh, arguably the best superhero movie of the last ten years, uh, an animated movie that changed the game uh, for what modern, popular animation can look like, and... Your Academy Award winner for Best Animated Feature last year, it is finally time for us to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse.
1: The Promised Land, again, also. (laughs) but for real though. that
0: huge sigh of relief that you just breathed was uh, was pretty amazing you're welcome <laughs> sorry if
1: that blew out anyone's microphone headphones i mean um,
0: but yeah uh that's how i feel yeah yeah absolutely now a uh, word about this movie mike um actually first leaks during the sony email hack back in 2014 wow uh, where it yeah, remember that? Remember those uh, the glory days of the Sony email hack?
1: Yeah, I think we talked about that on our literal first episode of Film Bookcast.
0: Yeah, I believe you're right, Mike, because the very first episode of Film Bookcast was the interview, which was obviously a big subject in the uh, Sony email hack.
1: Yes, well, we, we've gone full circle, I think. I guess is what yeah, I'm kind
0: of for two different for two different podcasts, but sure.
1: But uh, one journey, Mike. Yeah. You know, in alternate dimensions, really. Which podcast is first? Mm-hmm. We'll never know.
0: Yes. Good point. Uh, So in that email hack, uh, that's where it came to light that Sony was in the early stages of working on a Spider-Man thing with Phil Lord and Chris Miller. uh, And this was the same year the duo was riding high on the success of both the Lego movie and a few months later, 22 Jump Street. Uh, So this was obviously very exciting news to young Mike. Mike. (laughs) because <laughs> uh, I, I, I was big on the uh, the Lord Miller train for years uh, actually before that even like I was a huge Clone High fan uh, I like clattered the Chance of Meatballs, 21 Jump Street like, these, these guys were people that I figured could do no wrong and I bet big on them in 2014 I was telling people, hey, the Lego movie it's going to be great and people were like, yeah, whatever, shut up <laughs> and, and I was like, no, it's going to be awesome and then it turned out to be amazing uh, and it was snubbed at the Oscars that year at the Lego movie but uh, there was Redemption last year when Spider-Verse uh, finally got that Oscar nomination uh, and win, actually, so there was that too so, yeah, I, I, were you a Lord Miller fan kind of leading up to Spider-Verse, Mike? Um, I mean,
1: I guess, like, kind of just through cultural osmosis, I don't think I had seen... I mean, I saw a Lego movie, uh, but it was one of those things where I was kind of, like, not really aware of them. I wasn't, you know, I didn't know about Clone High. Other, well, you told me about it, but um, yeah. <laughs> I'd never I t- seen I it. I tell everybody
0: about Clone High. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: um, and I don't think I had seen 21 Drum Street at the time by, by then. Oh, really? Like, like when uh, the, like, 2014 stuff or whatever, yeah. So, like, I wasn't really jazzed about, like you know, about them in general, but by now I am, for sure. Like, they, can't, they can sure, almost yeah. do no wrong.
0: Yeah, so uh, in 2014, it was revealed kind of accidentally that they were kind of working on a Spider-Man thing. In 2015, that's when Lord and Miller signed on to do Solo, a Star Wars story, which uh, obviously occupied most of their time. Uh, Lord had developed the story for Spider-Verse and handed it off to Rodney Rothman to help coordinate the screenplay. Uh, he and Miller were still involved, but in more of an exec producer-type capacity uh, while they were deep. Into doing their Star Wars thing, and then that Star Wars thing did not happen. Uh, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, yeah, June twenty seventeen, Lord and Miller were removed from Solo: A Star Wars Story in the middle of shooting and replaced with Ron Howard. Now, speaking as somebody who was a big fan of Lord Miller but has no idea what the movie would have looked like, this was a pretty bonehead move on the on the part of Disney Lucasfilm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I still I still think it's like one of the dumbest things they've done like in the entire run that they've had like, Star Wars you know, since 2012 or whatever. And it's still a bummer to me that we couldn't see what Lord Miller would have done with Solo. I'm still very much hashtag release the Lord Miller cut. Um, <laughs> but, but the upside is that the two pretty much went straight back to work and got way more involved with Spider-Verse and with Lego Movie 2 as a result uh, than they were able to while they were working on Star Wars. So the result is a movie that feels very much of a piece with what Lord Miller have done in the past, but without the two of them actually directing the movie. Um, the movie actually has three credited directors, uh, dr- credited directors uh <laughs> <laughs> credited directors, i believe is what i just said yes and uh, i'm gonna yeah i i think that should be a real job title uh peter ramsey's one of them co-screenwriter rodney rothman and bob Parachetti, who uh, lord mentions each as having different talents he called ramsey the animation guy rothman the comedy guy and parashetti the poet quote unquote uh and uh, i like that description of uh, all those guys yeah. that that mix of different that mix of different talents with uh, Lord Miller's touch added on top resulted in one of the biggest, most bombastic, most well-received superhero movies ever, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's an absolute triumph. Even people who don't like superheroes tend to be into Spider-Verse because of its uh, arresting animation, quick pace, sense of humor, strong character work. Mike, we were both pretty obsessed with this movie when it came out uh, just under a year ago, December 2018. Give me your first... I mean, we're going to talk about like what your overall thoughts on this movie, but like... First reaction coming out in the theater what was your take on Spider-Verse?
1: Uh just like goddamn I think when I first saw this I was very ill. Um I went to yeah. a fr- a friend uh they he they do um a friendsgiving party every year and it was just a party sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of thing and it was right around the time Spider-Verse came out so like I was already sick and they were like no you got to come to the party man like you got to come down so like I went was sick, got drunk, and then the next day I was hungover and sick. And then we were like, hey, let's just go see Spider-Verse. And I, I just, it just, like, <laughs> was a solve on my painful body. Uh, <laughs> just everything hurt, <laughs> and Spider-Verse made everything better for that two hours, uh, basically. And it was just, it's a blast, man. It's so much fun. It's so good. Uh, so, yeah, when I came out of it, it was like, wow, I needed that. I didn't know that, that this would have saved my soul, basically, <laughs> in that moment. Yeah,
0: I... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was really looking forward to this movie for a long time. And then when the first trailer came out uh, and I saw what the art style was and what the sense of humor there, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Like, I I was (laughs) hyped for this movie from minute one. Uh, And then. When the review started, com- the review started coming out with this movie weeks before the actual movie yes. came out. They started screening, they started screening it for critics a while before it was actually released, um, because they were so confident in the final product, they realized they really had something special on their hands here, and so they started screening it for critics way in advance. And I've been hearing nothing but nonstop praise for this movie leading up to its release, and it was starting to win like different awards and these kind of things here and there. It was getting a lot of top ten lists, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this animated Spider-Man movie is supposed to be this good. And then I saw it and I was like, yeah, no, I get it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really fucking good. Yeah, I saw it uh, on its opening night here in Missoula, Montana at the AMC Dine-In Theater. I was alone because um, I had just moved here a few months ago, didn't really know anybody. Uh, and I think I had a theater of like maybe 15 to 20 people in there. Uh, wow. Like It was a Thursday night show, like opening night kind of thing. Uh, so it wasn't a huge crowd or anything, but uh, I like was completely blown away by it. And then I saw it again. Uh, I, flew, I flew back to New York for Christmas a couple days later and ended up seeing again uh, with my family over Christmas break and kind of solidified it as like, okay, yeah, this movie uh, is awesome. Uh, and then I bought the Blu-ray, have not watched it since then, though. I had not gotten the chance to watch the Blu-ray. Like I just hadn't gotten around to it. And then I rewatched it for this podcast, and I was like, yo, still fucking great. Uh, <laughs> it's genuinely, like, when, when I saw it, I was like, okay, this – Spider-Man Two, still the best Spider-Man movie, but Spider-Verse very close second, and now I'm like they're neck and neck, like they Oh man, <laughs> so it's a awesome. toss-up. I, like I, I have long said that Spider-Man Two is the best movie ever made, Mike, uh, oh, yes, as you, you know. Uh, and if something were to defeat that, then that movie would by default be the best movie ever made. And it seems ridiculous that were that it would also be a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and yet, uh, and yet, Spider-Verse. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so the real question here is, Mike, where does Nicolas Cage fit into all this? This is a Nicolas Cage podcast, after yes. all. Well, we got to talk about the Cage. Uh, well, the conceit of this movie uh, is that a bunch of different Spider-Men from alternate universes have all been transported into this one, occupied by Miles Morales, just as he first developed spider powers, and Nicolas Cage is one of those alternate Spider-People. Uh, he plays Spider-Man Noir, a black-and-white Spider-Man from a world stylized like old Noir movies from the 1930s. Uh, Cage is doing a Humphrey Bogart impression, uh, just like a Dog Eat Dog. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, uh, you knew going into the movie that Cage was in it, right? Like, you were aware.
1: Yes. Yeah, I remember the kind of lead-up to this movie, uh, where it was like, oh man, it's going to be alternate Spider-People, like there's all these other ones. And then I remember them announcing, like, oh, it's going, like, who it's going to be. Like, oh, oh, I mean, sorry, the characters, I feel like, is how it went first. It was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, Spider Gwen's going to be in it, and Penny, uh, Spider Ham, and, like, all these people. And then they started announcing the voice cast, and it was Nick Cage as Spider Man Noir. And just like, and I think wow. we both
0: had like this kind of, we both had that reaction of like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe that's happening, uh, because you know we haven't even kind of touched on this yet. But back, we went to college together uh, back yes. in like actually in 2014 when we did that interview podcast. Uh, yeah, um, and in tw- in the year 2014, that's when the Spider Verse event comic series was happening right. uh, in Marvel Comics, and I was obsessed with it. Like I I was all in. I own every single comic that was published during the Spider Verse run. Um, like every tie in comic. There was probably like 30 ish comics out there across like all these different series. I have all of them. Uh, wow. <laughs> I was deep into Spider-Verse. I remember explaining to you what Spider-Verse was a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or I- at least once.
1: Yeah, there was a couple times I remember because I wasn't reading comic books at the time and uh yeah. you told me about it and i was like that is fucking incredible that's fascinating tell me everything and you just like yeah. sat me down and were like okay so there's multiple universes and like you just explained <laughs> the whole story and then like every couple of weeks or months or whatever i'd check in and be like so like what's up with spider verse and you would <laughs> yeah. give me uh, updates
0: yeah i just go through this long tangent i was obsessed with it and i think i might have been like two words spider gwen um <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's all <laughs> because, i heard.
0: Yeah, and then eventually you kind of got into comics a little bit afterwards and you got into Spider-Gwen specifically. Like, you were really into that comic for a while, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this movie coming out, like, it kind of had stuff that appealed directly to the both of us, which was great. Uh, and, of course, the fact that Nicolas Cage was in the movie didn't hurt either. Uh, <laughs> but beyond Cage, this movie is just completely stacked with one of the best cast you're ever going to find in any movie released in the last few years. I mean, it's insane the level of voice talent that went into this movie. Uh, so in the lead role of Miles Morales, you've got Shameik Moore, Uh, known for his roles in the movie Dope and the TV series The Get Down. Uh, Mentoring him is Peter B. Parker, the Spider-Man from another universe, Uh, and he's played by Jake Johnson, of course, best known for his role in New Girl. Uh, And then there's uh, your favorite, Spider-Gwen, Gwen Gwen Stacy, uh, played by Haley Steinfeld here, who uh, has recently been doing some great work in The Edge of Seventeen and Bumblebee and, yo, True Grit yeah remember Yeah. <laughs> i don't know i feel like it's like nobody remembers that she was in true grit i feel like anymore you know what i mean like i feel was like it? everybody i talked to well, she was that was that was her like debut film that that's was, like, what i was gonna say was yeah yeah that was like her debut film She was like 14 years old or whatever uh, or 12 or something but like you know now now she's in like i think because like the more people who know her now kind of know her as more of a little bit of a pop star she had like a, a kind of hit song uh and she was also in the pitch perfect movies and right. that kind of thing uh so i think they know her more for that but like yo true grit yeah she, she was in a coen brothers movie day one like come on <laughs> that's what incredible <laughs> yeah uh so yeah Haley steinfeld plays spider gwen she's great in the movie uh and that's kind of the main trio of heroes in the movie and then you've got a terrific supporting cast Uh, Two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali, uh, who actually won that year for Green Book, which we don't talk about, uh, (laughs) plays uh, Miles' uncle uh, Aaron Davis, a.k.a. Prowler. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta plays Jefferson Davis, Miles' dad. And Luna Lauren-Velez from Dexter plays Rio Morales, Miles' mom. Uh, And Aunt May also pops up in this movie, voiced by Lily Tomlin, who also voiced a role in The Ant Bully, which makes this a cage reunion. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, didn't expect an ant-bully reunion when uh, when you entered this podcast, did you, Mike?
1: I did not see that coming, not at all.
0: <laughs> no, no one ever expects an ant-bully reunion. It's like the <laughs> Spanish Inquisition. Um, <laughs> uh, now, she introduces the gang to a few more Spider-People, including Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir, uh, plus Kimiko Glenn from Orange is the New Black as Penny Parker, a.k.a. SP-slash-slash-DR. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I won't. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, John Mulaney. Comedian John Mulaney, one of the best comedians working today, uh, is playing Peter Porker slash Spider Ham, uh, who also is a short cartoon on the Blu-ray, and it's delightful. I don't know if you got to watch that. Uh, I did not. You did not? Okay. I mean, I it have. It actually, I was going to watch it anyway, and then like the movie ended, and it the credits went through, and then it just started automatically playing the Spider Ham short, and I was like, hey, this is great. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's like four minutes long. Recommended it. Uh, it recommend it if you uh, get a chance. Uh, and I'm not done. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is here as Mary Jane Watson. Uh, Catherine Hahn as Olivia Octavius uh, Liev Schreiber as Wilson Fisk's Kingpin uh chris pine plays the peter parker from miles of the universe who dies early in the film spidey bells for life yep uh, <laughs> one of my favorite songs uh, lake bell from children's hospital is vanessa fisk wilson's uh kingpin's wife uh yorma Tacone from the lonely island is here as the green goblin um, and he also plays uh spider-man 67 in the post-credits sequence um marvin jones the third from black lightning uh and joaquin coiso from quantum of solace uh play tombstone and scorpion uh post malone has a cameo in this movie as a brooklyn bystander he's the guy who says i think it's a banksy um, <laughs> and, and uh and he also wrote the song sunflower which uh, plays throughout the movie it's like miles's favorite song um oscar isaac appears as spider-man 2099 in the post credit scene and greta lee from russian doll uh voices his ai lila and finally of course stan lee has a cameo in this movie as well uh the first stan lee cameo that came out after he died actually Um, which just made it all the more poignant sitting in that theater watching Stan Lee again Um, and since he was also in Teen Titans Go to the Movies that technically makes this a cage reunion also (laughs) wow uh, so the movie was written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman who also worked on 22 Jump Street and directed by Rothman, Peter Ramsey who had previously directed Rise of the Guardians or DreamWorks, and uh, Bob Paraschetti who co-wrote the 2015 stop motion movie The Little Prince. Uh, on a budget of $90 million, it made about $375 raked in countless awards, and they just recently announced a sequel, uh, which should be hitting theaters in April 2022 is what they're saying, so uh, very excited about that. Kind of a ways off, but given the amount of time and detail that went into making this first one it makes sense yeah (laughs) it makes sense it would be that long of a wait but it's gonna be worth the wait i think uh now spider-man into the spider-verse was released on december 14th 2018 and if you weren't seeing it like some kind of dummy uh (laughs) you might have seen the peter jackson produced sci-fi flat mortal engines uh or you could have seen clint eastwood get in front of the camera for the mule uh which i saw Uh, it's decent It's fine. Um, And it it features Clint Eastwood having two separate three-way sex scenes at age 90. Wow. Uh, It's wild shit. Uh, He also directed the movie. Does he have trouble with the curve in
1: that? Or no? (laughs) That was a joke specifically for you and EJ. That was
0: a good joke. That was solid. All right. And the IMDb plot synopsis for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse reads... Teen Miles Morales becomes Spider-Man of his reality, crossing his path with five counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. So, Mike, what are your overall thoughts on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse?
1: Spider-Verse is just, like, perfect on every level, I think, basically. It's really the only way to sum up my thoughts on this movie um, <laughs> like i said before it was just i came out of it and it was just like i felt better even though i was very sick and definitely should not have been at that party the night before um yeah but yeah it was, it's just a great movie all around it's just fun it's it's heartfelt like a couple almost tear-jerk moments while just like all of the coolest shit that i would have ever wanted in a spider-man or comic book movie just like happening yeah. which is so funny compared to like you know, Endgame. Well, Endgame hadn't come out yet, but Infinity War <laughs> had come out earlier that year, and all the Marvel yes. stuff, like the you know the big tentpole MCU stuff. Uh, and here comes this little like animated movie that just like doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It's so interesting. Like we we talked about um, on our Joker episode uh, of um, Mike and Mike go to the movies. We talked a little bit about the animated. DC movies a little bit for Batman and Joker and stuff like that right and those movies like don't really matter that much usually they just kind of happen in their direct video or like they have like a fathom event kind of thing and they play once right uh, and this was like a major theatrical release, animated uh, Spider-Man movie, and it just fucking crushed him. And everything about it is great. As a result of being in in the you know the Dungeons and Dragons Twitter uh, family, uh, <laughs> you see yeah. a lot of there's a lot of artists and and animators that do a lot of like D and D fan art and stuff. So like I'm have my yeah. toes in animator art Twitter, I guess. And yeah. like just to see that world <laughs> completely lose their collective minds about this movie was so much fun. <laughs> Um cuz on top of being an incredible movie like a story and awesome characters and all that it is like basically revolutionized how animation can be done so watching people just lose their fucking minds over that was so much fun and just like the 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 cultural experience of Spider-Verse is equally as fun as the movie which is wild uh, I don't know if you feel yes, that way also
0: I, I also feel that way I mean the animation in this is absolutely insane it is art like probably the most visually dynamic animated movie Uh, in America at least that's come out in the last like 10 years like I I can count on like like one hand the amount of movies I think are equal to Spider-Verse in terms of like their animation quality Um, like maybe Kubo and the Two Strings right that might be it. Like it's genuinely like those. <laughs> it's like those two. Uh, it, the animation is so cool and it's so unique and it just feels so effortless too. That's the thing. It's like it's completely changing what is possible in modern animation and it's so fucking casual about it. Yeah. Uh, like it just it's just so cool. It's so much fun to just watch. Uh, and like I've mentioned, like I'm a huge superhero fan. I've seen basically every superhero movie that's come out. Um, in my lifetime I would guess like may- maybe not every single ones come out in my lifetime but like you know every major Marvel movie every major DC movie like I've seen all these movies right, right. Uh, Spider-Man has always been my favorite character like Spider-Man's always been my favorite there was maybe a two year period after Dark Knight came out where I was like no it's Batman he's awesome but then right. yeah, I went back to Spider-Man uh and this movie i think gets to the heart of the character and embraces the ideals that stanley and steve ditko and countless other writers and artists have brought to him over the last 50 years uh it's just such an amazing accomplishment like watching it again i was like holy shit this like i almost like i knew the movie was great i didn't forget that the movie was great but i forgot like how great it was yes <laughs> a little bit you know and you know watching it again, like genuinely like i think i mentioned um right before did i mention this already on the podcast or before off mic i like when I I watched it on Thursday night and then I was thinking to myself, like as I was writing the notes for this episode of the podcast, I was like, man, if I can get back from work in time, I might be able to rewatch Spider-Verse again before we start recording. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I was getting myself so hyped up writing stuff about it. um, (laughs) that I was like, yeah, Spider-Verse is great. Uh, It's just so good. It's so much fun. Uh, And it is one of those things. Like, I think it is easily one of the best superhero movies ever made. Uh, And I think better than anything that's come out since the dark Knight. Um, And I don't, I don't think it's hyperbole, I don't think it's exact, I think it's just fact. Like, as much as I enjoy the MCU stuff, and I think the interconnected universe is really interesting and cool and fun, uh, it's just, this movie is on, like, another level than what every other superhero movie has done over the past ten years. It's really incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I was Just thinking of, um, interestingly, movies, animated movies that were kind of, I don't know if, revolutionized the landscape but like the lego movie like using oh, animation yeah. to just be lego blocks uh which is interesting that it's right. for lord lord miller again just casually changing the game twice in like five years uh, yep
0: <laughs> which
1: is pretty cool uh but yeah Absolutely. Uh, it's just a great uh, it's just spider verse man like, let's just do a spider verse cast and just watch it every week because i feel like we might be happier people if we did
0: we might be i think we, instead of watching like every direct video cage movie cage has done in the past like <laughs> Yes, ten years. If we just watched Spider Verse instead of every single one of those movies, mm-hmm. oh man, that would have been awesome. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, and one thing I also love about the movie is it's also like constantly moving. Like, the zero, there's zero fat in the story of this movie. Like, there's, nothing, yeah. there's nothing I would trim out. You know, uh, like everything is either like an exciting action set piece or like a terrific character beat or a really satisfying dramatic moment. Uh, like it's one of the funniest movies in years, but it's also like really dramatically satisfying too. Like there are scenes that like genuinely like bring me to the verge of tears while watching this movie
1: yeah
0: <laughs> uh you know part partly because like some of them are dramatic scenes some of them are, like exhilarating exuberant scenes where i'm just like moved to tears by how much fun i'm having almost <laughs> uh, but it's great it's so good spider-man into the spider-verse it's an awesome movie you don't need us to tell you that what you do need us to tell you is how is nicholas cage in <laughs> spider-man into the spider-verse uh, so mike what do you think of nicholas cage in this movie
1: I think he, uh, you know, much like the movie around him, is perfect in this movie. Um, yeah. I Like, I say that as half as a joke and half, but, like, no, actually, though, because uh, he's just doing the noir, like, the Humphrey Bogart impression, and it, like, makes sense in this movie um, for his character. <laughs> I
0: mean... I mean, it kind of made sense in Doggy Dog in the sense that, like, it was a dream sequence and somebody's like, hey, you know who you look like, Humphrey Bogart, or whatever. Like, yeah, that's true. You know, it, they, they set it up, it's weird, like, it doesn't make, it. you're right, it doesn't really like make sense, but it's great in that movie, yeah. I, I will defend Doggy Dog to the death. You like that movie, too. I do like uh, that So movie. I, don't have to, I don't have to defend it from you, but, like, <laughs> but you're right, like, this actually, like, he's actually playing a noir character, so it actually makes more sense, right, to do the Humphrey Bogart impression.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's just like uh just seeing all the spider people hang out is just so much fun and and you can tell all of the voice cast is having fun i know i think it was part of the promotional material they put out uh where it was like video of them recording uh a lot of their lines uh and And of course the
0: best video yeah the best video was nicholas cage recording his lines also which was you know him just like over like just him in the booth like going nuts like oh that's great
1: yeah it's just doesn't he even say i think at one point he's like oh you want nick cage okay and like he like or says you want full cage?" I forget he uses like the the meme phrase
0: you would hear the day before hey you're gonna work with nick cage tomorrow but then you'd walk into a room and nick cage would be there that alone was amazing
1: spider-man war he's probably the edgiest of the spider-men think raymond chandler think paul kane those great old detective novels.
0: He had a take on the character, he was funny. If you made adjustments in his performance, he would make them and do it way better than you even thought. I'm talking hard boys, real biscuit boxers. Can you fight them all off at once? I'd heard that after his first recording session, he did a few lines, the director kept making notes, and then Nicholas just turned and he was like, oh, you want me to go full cage? Is that all you got? You are gonna fight or you're just bumping gums, you hard-boiled turtle slapper? he brought the cage
1: uh but yeah it's just it's just so good and he's and he's noir and who doesn't want to hear nick cage talk about fighting nazis in 1939 or whatever, 33 or whatever <laughs> year it is
0: yes that's awesome some biscuit boxes and nazis or whatever yeah it's yeah. great uh yeah it's, it's the kind of like inspired casting that made me like jump when i saw the news like i think i don't remember how far back it was that they announced nicholas cage was in this movie i feel like it was earlier in 2018 uh and so you know i saw the news that like nicholas cage is playing spider-man noir and again I was obsessed with Spider-Verse, I knew who Spider-Man Noir was, I had read, like, he had like a big like Spider-Verse issue that they put out, and I have that, and like I, I knew Spider-Man Noir from before that, like kind of did like a whole like kind of Noir miniseries thing in like the early 2000s, late 2000s, mm-hmm. something like that um and spider-man noir had been like a character in a couple of video games and stuff like that so yeah i knew spider-man noir and i and i love the character's look and design and everything like that and once they said Nicolas cage was playing i was like this is perfect this is amazing <laughs> like a i couldn't believe i was going to get to see spider-man noir in a movie in the first place you know right? uh and b he's nicholas fucking cage <laughs> like <laughs> Like come on that's incredible and then you add the fact that, and then you add on that John Mulaney is playing Spider-Ham and I was like that's it my mind is destroyed like I can't even handle this amount of like insanity uh, that this movie's about to throw at me so I like I was pretty confident this movie was going to be amazing for a long time uh, and I I feel like I was fighting people about how this movie was going to be great you know no way. which again same thing with same thing with the Lego movie like uh, when I was like oh guys Lego movie's going to be great and they're like oh you're crazy it's just some stupid Lego movie I was like no it's going to be great uh, but with Spider Verse, I remember like um, you know I had I had friends who were into superheroes but who didn't want to see it because it was an animated movie. It wasn't like a live action thing, right? Uh, and that kind of thing. Actually, our our good buddy Vin, who was on the uh, the podcast, Michael might go to the movies every once in a while. Uh, he just stepped in for you recently doing a Zombieland Double Tap review. Uh, when the movie first came out, he did not see it in theaters. He didn't want to go see it. He was like, ah, eh, I was I'm just not interested in it. And I was and I think we both had him on at some point. We were like, dude go watch fucking spider-verse it's great <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: yeah. what
0: are you doing and then and then eventually he watched it and he's like oh yeah i watched it like six times since you since you talked to me it's incredible uh like everybody, everybody it seems like everybody who watches it becomes like a convert to it right um but I, I feel like there was a lot of people who were really skeptical about the movie beforehand um because they just want, didn't want to go see an animated kids movie or whatever uh but anyway back on the subject nicholas cage as spider-man noir um he gets to do his bogart uh, and he gets some of the best lines in the movie. In oh, yeah. like, I, I think a lot of the funniest lines come from Spider-Man Noir. Uh, the running bit with him with the Rubik's Cube is great. Uh, he's trying to understand the different colors uh, <laughs> that are on the Rubik's Cube. Um, he, he has the uh, the line where he's um, describing his backstory. And he's like, sometimes I let a match burn out of my fingers just so I can feel something, anything. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then he doesn't feel anything. like, ah um but i think honestly my favorite line in the entire movie is when um all these spider people are kind of ganging up with miles asking like hey what can you like can you do this can you do this and cage is like coming at him like can you close off your feelings so you don't get crippled by the moral ambiguity of your violent actions (laughs) uh it's just so fucking good
1: i thought you were going to talk about my favorite line in the whole movie um which is the most like just hard-boiled noir line ever is when they all square off in aunt may's house and he's like we don't pick the ballroom we just dance and i was like <laughs> yes that's so good after she's like oh yes. you guys
0: go outside
1: he says it's
0: yes, the best that's that's yeah that's incredible also he, he has so many great lines in the movie uh also also when he first shows up um the the um like his cape is blowing in the winds. like hey fellas is is, is is that wind what's going on wherever I go the wind follows and the wind smells like rain (laughs) (laughs) and like that's
1: the extent of all of his lines in the movie but they're all perfect (laughs)
0: Like every single line he says is the best line of all time in any movie that's ever been written. You know, it's <laughs> it's just it's just science, people. Correct. <laughs> um, and yeah, and again, he is very much a supporting role, mostly there for jokes. Like he is like 95% jokes. He's like he's a part of that one like kind of dramatic scene towards the end, like right before they had the big battle where they're like telling Miles, like, Hey, like, I lost my Uncle Ben, I lost, like he says, I lost, I lost my Uncle Benjamin, and that kind of thing. And he's, like, oh, yeah. The cost of being Spider-Man and that kind of thing. Where everybody's kind of a part of that. But outside of that Cage is mostly there for jokes, Eddie's he's mm-hmm. great at it. There's also the one bit where they're trying to infiltrate the ballroom, and he's like... Uh, he sees that the other waiters are dressed as Spider-Man and he looks down and is like, it can't be that easy, can it? And, <laughs> and they walk in and they're just walking in in their normal costumes like, oh, it can't be that easy. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, he does a great job with those jokes. I think one of the great strengths about this movie is I would follow any of these characters into their own adventure oh, um, yeah. after this movie ends. Like, I, I want a whole series of Spider-Verse movies like, and spinoffs and things like that. And like I said, they're working on the sequel which will come out in 2022. There was word last year that they were going to work on like a Spider-Women spinoff that would be like Spider-Gwen. Um, And possibly, like, actual Spider-Woman and Silk and stuff like that. So I would be all about that because I was super into Silk, like, that character in that comic um, after the Spider-Verse event happened. But, yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens with all that. Right now, all we know for sure is that Spider-Verse 2 is happening in 2022 um but yeah i would follow any of these characters to get to their own thing especially a whole movie set in like a stylized 1930s where nicholas cage is playing spider-man that's just the kind of thing i need in my life right now <laughs>
1: yeah that i didn't <laughs> know i needed but phil lord and chris miller gave me and now i need more
0: right and that's their whole mo i feel like everything phil lord and chris miller do it's like okay this is an idea that should not work and then they're gonna make it work now you're like okay this is my new favorite thing of all time uh- right <laughs> you know that's why that's why people weren't into the Lego movie like that whole idea, and they weren't into the idea of doing a twenty one Jump Street or a twenty two Jump Street, uh and that kind of thing. But every one of them was great. You know. Also, go watch Clone High. It's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> but again, I feel like we we, we are praising Phil Lord and Chris Miller a lot, and they definitely had a huge hand in this movie. But there's so many people who worked on that, like oh, uh, yeah. all the directors, Peter Ramsey, Bob Parrishetti, and Ronnie Rothman, uh and all of the various animators and stuff like that. Like I was watching some of the. Um, the special features on the blu-ray a little bit um just kind of like a couple of the brief featurettes but like you know every one of them has like you know different like there's one that's just kind of like describing all the easter eggs in the movie or some of the easter eggs because there's so many there's like hundreds of easter eggs in this movie you're never going to catch all of them and they have like a short like four minute featurette with kind of pointing out some cool things here and there and like brian michael bendis is in it and a couple of things like that um and you know, there's like the Stanley cameo, but then there's also like other Stanleys throughout the movie that are kind of like in the background of scenes and things like that, and all the stuff. It's there's so much stuff to dig into, and there's so much like cool background detail, and there's like you know, hundreds of people who worked on this movie, and it's uh, it's really incredible to just like watch that on the screen, and being like, this is like, man, that's nuts. I remember there was like one Twitter thread uh, from one of the animators in the movie. I forget the guy's name, but he's the guy who animated the um, the Spider Gwen drum sequence. Yes. Um, Wait, where so they, every time they introduce a new character they do like a quick like intro thing and it's like a recurring bit throughout the movie was like alright let's do this one more time and the character's comic gets thrown down and you uh get to see like their quick origin story and what i love about that is like every time a character's comic is thrown down like you see like the artist and the writer and stuff and it's like the spider man comic it's like it's jason latour and robert rodriguez and it's like those are the guys who wrote the spider man comic it's, a, <laughs> it's incredible
1: yeah it's, i think it's actually um, their first i mean i don't know first appearance but like it's an actual comic book cover which is awesome
0: yeah exactly uh and so they show like the spider man comic and they do like the whole kind of Gwen Stacy intro thing and there's like the quick bit where she's like I joined a band and shows her drumming along um and the animator who did that like did like a really detailed twitter thread about like the creation of just that like brief two second flash uh and like the amount of work that went like that two seconds of Gwen Stacy drumming is like insane it's absolutely insane it's one of those things that like you just you pass it by so quickly you barely even notice it um so it's it's yeah and that's the entire movie the entire movie is like that it's mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind
1: man <laughs> yeah there's the whole thing about the frame rate too with miles uh, i'm sure you've heard of right uh right. where when he's swinging that he's in the beginning of the movie he's animated i think at 12 frames per second instead of 24 frames so like subconsciously yeah. he's a little choppier than uh, peter b parker and then by the end of the movie, when he, like, comes into his own as Spider-Man, he's animated at a full 24 frames, so he, like, has yeah. figured out his whole thing, and it's like, that's fucking insane that someone, <laughs> one, thought of that, and then, two, they did it, and it's beautiful and yeah. works, and, like, it's all just for a subconscious effect you don't realize, which is outrageous. Yeah, exactly
0: it and all the different just kinds of animation that are happening in this movie that are kind of just seamlessly blended in together. There's like, you know, computer animation, 3d stuff. Uh, but then you have like these like kind of quick 2d flashes. They turn into like paintings for a second and they come back. Uh, you know, when miles is blood, I show miles bloodstream after he gets the spider bite and it's all like 2d cartoons. Yeah. Um, then like, you know, cage, is, like this monochromatic black and white thing. And then there's the anime inspired Penny Parker. And then the spider ham which is like a Looney Tunes cartoon. And it all just kind of blends together and it, all looks good that's the amazing thing about it like yeah like it like this could have been like a disastrous mess like this could have been <laughs> horrible uh it could have been like one of the most visually ugly movies of all time they managed to pull it off and that's it's really incredible to uh to watch that kind of thread being handled uh in this movie so uh, we got off topic about cage how do you think this fits into the roles that we've seen nicholas cage play in other movies mike
1: uh, it's the natural progression. Uh, no, yes, but for <laughs> real though, I feel like um, yeah. we've had a couple voice roles. Uh, you know, Crude's cast. Stay tuned. Uh, sure, for next episode of Crude's cast. Croods uh,
0: 2 is still dated for December twenty twenty, by the way.
1: Here we go. <laughs> um, uh, but like, I feel like Cage has a potential to have a like long, robust voice acting career if he ever chooses to stop. Like being in, on film, uh, I don't think he ever will. Uh, but he's incredible. Like in the last couple of years, uh, like the you know, of his uh, you know outside of G Force, I guess you know post G Force, he's been great. Really good.
0: He's he's given a really good voice performance in G Force. A Bath of the baffication G Force. You're giving, right. you know, His Peggy Sue got married voice coming in there. It's great. That's yeah, totally easily durable voice. Exactly.
1: I mean, but that's actually what I was gonna uh, sort of talking about. Like we've always noted like what voices Cage using in a lot of his movies when he uses silly ones. And he's known for that, I think. Uh, So, like, I could see him if he ever, like, you know, gets too old or feels like he can't do the action, whatever, you know. I was like, I hope he kind of just becomes, like, this... Like voice actor that's in a ton of movies because he's amazing in them. He's so much fun. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that, Teen that, that Titans go to the movies a, again,
0: be, right? I mean, that might be a more enjoyable podcast if we got to watch a bunch of animated movies with Cage in them as opposed to like a bunch of like really bad low budget VOD movies that Cage in. Them. Yeah, <laughs> like at least the animation, you'll have something like fun to look at. You know, right? <laughs> like no matter how bad the movie is. Um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's a, a definitely a fair point. And you just mentioned Teen Titans go to the movies um, playing the animated superhero twice in the same year. Um, with yeah. Super man in that movie spider-man in this movie i think it was actually it was the guy who played spider-man in the um, the ps4 video game who kind of noted that online right he was like um you know imagine the year nicholas cage is having where he gets to play superman and spider-man in the same year like that's insane yeah (laughs)
1: like
0: like i'm not sure anybody's ever done that before that's one thing that cage has over anybody else they are voice roles but they are still superman (laughs) spider-man
1: yeah what about you mike how does this movie fit in what do you got
0: yeah, so there's that. Team times to go to the movies, and obviously the boat connection to a dog eat dog is definitely a factor in there too. Uh, this is his first time being in a Marvel property since the Ghost Rider movies. Um, oh yeah, so I kind of wanted to mention that. Although Kickass was based on one from Icon Comics, uh, which is an imprint of Marvel, so it's like technically a Marvel movie, but technically not. And I, I'm sure Marvel as a studio has no association with the uh, <laughs> with, no. with Kickass. That does not fit their image at all. Unless uh, we forget, you know, Nicolas Cage did do a pretty great film noir back in the early 90s, Mike, with uh, Red Rock West. Yes. Which uh, is a pretty great movie, too. And uh, I don't think he does his Humphrey Bogart impression in that movie, which is a shame, <laughs> because he totally should have.
1: Oh, my God. That's one movie that yeah. uh, if we ever, we're, we're in our last episode, we our bonus last episode or whatever. We do like a recap. I got to go back and watch that movie. It's been, I forget everything about it other than I think it was really cool.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really cool movie. It's got Nick Cage. It's got um, Donna from Twin Peaks. <laughs> Thanks it's, Mike. I, yeah. I forgot. D- Donna from Twin Peaks. It's got uh, Dennis Hoppers in that movie. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, cool. it's really good that's, stuff. That's right. Uh, but, yeah. So Red Rock West, that is one like we're going to, we're going to do like, our big top 10 episode after our between worlds episode uh, and part of me wants to rewatch like a, a, a few of my favorite Cage movies just to make sure like solidify my top ten if I have the time. Um, so we'll see what happens. I probably won't end up getting to do that, but but but, but like you know, it, but like Red Rock West we watched like three years ago, so it'll be great to rewatch it just to like <laughs> confirm yeah. if it's on my list or not. You know. Um, all right. Any any moments or scenes in Spider Verse that stood out to you? And you can't say the entire movie, so pick something else.
1: <laughs> so the part between the opening credits and the end credits, because. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the entire movie whole would... section right there yeah. <laughs> yeah uh i mean the my favorite scene i think it is the whole um or like one of my favorite scenes especially with cage is the scene uh at aunt may's the like introduction to everybody uh and we get yeah. all of the intros at once and uh you know and there's the funny bit where he's like it's kind of a long story and then it's like Okay, maybe it wasn't that long. I forget what the actual <laughs> joke of that is. But like, yeah. um, and all the way up till when, when Miles leaves. So that's the scene where you talk about where you mentioned where he's like, can you close off your feelings so you don't have the moral ambiguity? What, what are your violent actions? And like that whole thing. And yes. just everybody beaten up on Miles. It's just like the emotional core of the movie right there, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, that, that whole sequence is great, and that's great, like, you know, look at the spider layer. There's a whole bunch of, like, background spider references uh, from various things. The Spider-Mobile is pretty prominently featured in that shot, yeah. uh, and you can see, like, a whole bunch of, like, classic Spider-Man costumes kind of in the background, too, which is pretty cool.
1: That whole thing with the spider suits and stuff, uh, like, you know, that's the whole thing of Spider-Man, the PS4 game, is, like, you can unlock all the suits, and, like, these came out at least the same year? No, or was that the game yeah, before? Yeah, no,
0: no, it was the same year. The Spider-Man PS4 game came out, like, a month before this movie came out, I think.
1: Yeah, like wild. I don't know. It's just like weird serendipity yeah. thing that they all happened at once.
0: Which, as I, as uh, since I watched the Easter egg um, bonus feature on the um, on the Blu ray, they point out that the uh, the Spider Man PS four video game costume is in that, uh, oh, <laughs> really? that layer thing. Yeah, it's like all the way at the end, uh, That's awesome. which is a pretty cool uh, touch. And I and I didn't notice that when I watched it, um, probably because I, I played with that costume for like an hour and then switched over to something else <laughs> yeah, uh, as soon when I as I the could. Game because <laughs> uh, i mean it's a fine costume i actually played most of the game as the um the classic steve Ditko spider-man costume like the comic look the comic associated yeah. one that was the one for me i was like oh shit this makes me feel like it's a comic book it's great nice. um if you haven't played spider-man for the spider-man ps4 game do that too 2018 was a good year for spider-man it was
1: just, uh... <laughs> it was just nice you know
0: yeah that was the year that uh spider-man was in like a huge great video game he was in spider-verse and he was in infinity war also uh <laughs> having a very a significant role in that movie actually 2018 was also a really rough year for watching spider-man die on film
1: <laughs> yeah tough tough times <laughs> because
0: he because he dies in infinity war and then the chris pine spider-man dies in this movie too so there's a there's a little bit of that too spoilers for infinity war i guess if you haven't seen, <laughs> if you haven't seen it you <laughs> Uh, which I would imagine anybody listening to this podcast has probably seen Infinity War, but, uh, oh, and, and I would imagine if you haven't seen Infinity War, you probably don't care about the spoiler anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's so much cool stuff happening in this movie. I think um, one of the things I really noted this time around is the uh, the kind of parallels between the beginning and the end of the movie. The um, Miles' walk through the neighborhood um, mm-hmm. in the beginning is, like, directly parallel to the end of the movie when he's as Spider-Man and kind of doing the same thing. Like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. haha, <laughs> 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 walking through, like, doing the thing. Uh, it's like basically the same kind of, you know, over the shoulder shot is walking through the streets. It's great. It's and I, I love that, like, you know, just the symmetry between that is really cool.
1: Yeah, I really like the speaking of the symmetry stuff uh, between the way uh, Chris Pine P, uh, Spider-Man like uh, I can't think like slingshots his way to the top of the room in the collider room uh, is the same way Miles does it at the end. Uh, when Gwen and Peter B. Parker are like, we taught him that, right? That's right. (laughs) Yeah. I just like (laughs) that, that, you know, there's stuff like that. That's, you know. If you're paying attention, you can see all the, the symmetry stuff.
0: Exactly, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and all of the, you know, the Let's Do This One More Time intros, like, I think are so much fun. I mean, Chris Pine has the first one at the beginning, and then Jake Johnson's, like, shortly after that one. And they both, like, incorporate imagery from other Spider-Man movies, especially the Rainy movies. Like, they're mm-hmm. a big part of that. Um, Chris Pine even, like, makes a direct reference to Spider-Man 3 at one point. he's like, and I did this! And it's like the dancing sequence. Like, we don't talk about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, as somebody who has hardcore defended Spider-Man 3 for a long time, I'll still say, it's a pretty funny sequence. Uh, it's it's <laughs> That's good. Uh <laughs> um but yeah, so that that's always great and you know, Spider Spider Gwen's intro when Spider Gwen shows up. Ugh. like which is about like Gwen Stacy appears earlier in the movie but you don't like it's not revealed that it's her. She's like pretending to be a Gwanda, I think is what she calls herself. Yeah. Um you know, there's the big like kind of sequence where they're um, infiltrating Alchemax trying to get the computer codes or whatever, the flash drive and then like they're being chased through the forest by Octavius and the whole like Uh, scientist Alchemex and Gwen Stacy shows up the guitar distortion kicks in like the rock soundtrack and it's just the coolest fucking thing of all time (laughs) yes uh like there was a couple like I was watching this movie again alone in my apartment and I was like cheering at several different scenes I was like yeah it's so fucking (laughs) cool uh and that is definitely one of them for me like when Spider-Gwen first shows up and like you know it's just in full costume and like because again I was there from the beginning of Spider-Gwen I read that comic I, I have Edge of Spider-Verse number two, which is when Gwen, Spider-Gwen first appeared. Uh, and I read the whole Spider-Verse and I read uh, the first several issues of her solo comic before I ended up not buying comics that much anymore because they were really expensive. Um, <laughs> but so it was just cool. It was just so cool to see Spider-Gwen in this movie and just see her as well realized as she is. It's really awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. I wasn't really sure what to expect. And, you know, like I, we mentioned before, Spider-Gwen's the one comic book that, like, I really followed until uh, recently you know, last couple of months or so. Um yeah. So like when they do the 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 whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, her her like, okay, this is my story thing and like, oh yeah, you know, she saved her dad and she couldn't save Peter and that he was the lizard in her universe and like all that shit. And like, I was like, oh my god, it's the real thing. They're doing it. Like it's the actual yeah. <laughs> it's the actual story. Uh which was right. so cool. And yeah, just that whole like punk motif thing that she has is just like mwah, mwah. it's so good.
0: It's so cool. Yeah, I I mean, I really hope, like, I'm sure she'll be in the Spider-Verse sequel, but I really hope that Spider-Women spinoff does come to pass at some point, because it would be incredible. Um, Also, we kind of mentioned Doc Ock is in this movie, but we didn't really say, like, how Doc Ock is in this movie, because the reveal that Doc Ock is in this movie is... Like, I remember seeing that in the theater and, like, having my mind explode behind me and, like, hit the people behi- in the seats <laughs> behind me. Uh, it's <laughs> uh, it's incredible. I mean, so it's um, Olivia Octavius. It's like a, it's a woman this time, voiced by Catherine Hahn, and she's, like, a scientist. And it's, like, just revealed, like, she's just... Uh, I don't think they gave her name for the entire first half of the movie. Um, like, she's kind of introduced in, like, a video that um, Miles is watching in school, and then they're at Alchemax. Uh, and I don't think they might they might call her Olivia at some point but they never actually say like her full name
1: yeah um, I noticed it on this watch in that scene when Miles walks in on the video uh, and the teacher pauses it he's standing in front of the screen and he blocks it says her. you can see on this bottom it says Dr. Oh, Olivia shit. and he moves over and you can see Olivia O but he's blocking the screen so you never get the full name until like when she it's revealed who she is Um, uh so it's like if you're paying attention you might be able to figure it out i guess but i didn't notice it till like my fourth watch uh, which was this time right
0: so (laughs) uh and i would imagine most people wouldn't have that uh, either but yeah that that reveal is incredible when she's um being like she's just saying i can't wait to watch you die and you kind of have this, like, what is she talking about? And then, like, the, the arms start coming out, and it's like, You're, people wouldn't call you Doc Ock by any chance, would they? Would they? Uh, it's like, actually, my friends call me Liv. Uh, my enemies yeah. call me Doc Ock. Uh, which is great, because later on in the movie, Aunt May, uh, she shows up at Aunt May's house, and Aunt May calls her Liv at some point. Like, oh, great, mm-hmm. Liv's here. And it's like, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, and I know, like, fans have, like, taken that and been like, oh, Aunt May and Olivia Octavius had some kind of, like, weird sexual relationship at some point. And, like... That's extrapolating a lot from that scene, but, like, <laughs> they but at least like friends. who knows? They, they, they had to, like, I think it's implying that they knew each other at some point. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nuts. But, uh, yeah, that, that whole reveal is incredible and uh, just one of, like, many great reveal moments throughout the movie. Uh, and just so many cool background jokes. The bagel joke. Man, That's I laugh every mess. time. Uh, it's <laughs> because it's set up so well. Like, when Spider-Man is, like, in, like describing his plan and, like, saying, like, okay, these are the steps throughout the plan. Number one, could go in there. Number two, do this. Number three, you're gonna find the uh, head doc the head scientist. And uh, Miles is like, oh that lady over there is the head scientist. And you see Pete like the cartoon Peter like in the map thing, kind of like look at like he's looking at a guy and then he like kind of turns over to the lady and he's like, Oh, okay, step three, I re my personal biases. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then like step four, grab a bagel from the uh, <laughs> from the lunchroom. Step five, make my escape. And then like they actually do all those steps. <laughs> yeah, like, including including grabbing the bagel from the lunchroom, and then somebody shouts, He took a bagel! <laughs> <laughs> and they start shooting at them, and then they throw the bagel behind them, and it hits a scientist in the background. And it's like you know, way, way in the back of the frame, it hits the scientist in the back of the head. The same scientist who shouted, he took a bagel, uh, and then you see the word bagel flash on the screen, like bagel exclamation point. But it's like just in small print, yep. like way in the background. It's amazing, uh, and it's one of those things where it's like, like you didn't need to go the extra mile for that <laughs> joke, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know you could have just yeah. said i'll take a bagel and that could have been the end of the joke but they there's like four different like steps to like that joke and that payoff and that payoff is something that like you know most of the people watching it for the first time are not going to get like they're not going to see that joke
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's I,
0: incredible it's so good
1: that's one of my favorite things about this movie and the animation style and everything is the incorporation of just comic book format uh, like, yeah. you know, Miles' inner thoughts popping up as text, uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, like people, when they punch stuff, it does, it does like the action lines of their hand, like the impact lines yes. or whatever they're called. Uh, stuff like that. It's just, it's just so much fun. I love that. And, and, uh, especially the scene when, um, Miles and his uncle or he paints the like no expectations graffiti thing. Like when he gets first bitten, uh, and just like when he's spray painting, like the, the spray of the spray spray paint like f- bounces back onto the screen and like around the frame and the edge and stuff I don't know it's just so they, they play right. with the format so much it's awesome
0: absolutely and you you mentioned the voice thing where like the inner voice kind of comes in and he's like why is my inner voice so loud uh, and that kind of thing and that's that's the whole scene where Miles is running around school being chased by a security guard and he ends up in the building uh, yeah. and also one of my favorite one of my one of the, I think the funniest moments in the movie is um, when he when he shows up and he's like Miles where were you and, and the voice is like play dumb <laughs> it's like who's Morales <laughs> not that dumb <laughs> and he runs off
1: this whole movie's good mike i don't know if you've noticed it's just
0: yeah i mean i feel like that's all like you know when i said like any uh scenes that stood out to you i I knew it was just gonna be like a laundry list of like this scene's great and this scene's great and this (laughs) scene's great uh and it is um but yeah also also just wanted to give a shout out to leah schreiber as kingpin who is like maybe like he's probably 10th down or something on my list of like great performances in this movie um because there's so many just great performances but the way he's like early on in the movie the way he says like oh it's a hell of a freaking light show you're gonna love this like <laughs> i just i really like it like i think it's just a really fun line reading
1: you've had uh, you've had a, a couple this year of just like the way somebody says a word and <laughs> <yeah>. so <laughs> i'm glad this is one of them
0: yeah no i, just, I love that so much I mean, and this movie has a lot of those for me especially with cage also <laughs> with cage cage yeah. and Melanie. uh yeah it's, it's fantastic uh we mentioned dead peter's a uh, spider lair um we mentioned uh, Aunt May, who is a badass in this movie. By the way, she's great. Yes. Um, the the whole fight scene also in Aunt May's place, like just the way like that. There's Ugh. so much chaos going on, and it's all visible. Like you can actually see everything going on. Uh, there's split screen, and there's different things going on. I think one of my favorite things in the movie is when they show like these different corners of the screen with different things happening, and Spider Ham is the last one, and he just smashes a plate on his own head. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's so good.
1: And his, like, big touching moment before he goes back to his universe is he gives Spider uh, uh, Miles Morales, like, a big wooden mallet, and he's like, it'll yeah. fit in your pocket.
0: <laughs> that's the big moment. Yes, I love that. Uh, there's a couple of those like that, like, in Spider-Man Noir's, like, big, like, moment as he's leaving, it's like, I don't understand this thing, and he's holding the Rubik's Cube, but I'm going to. <laughs> right. Uh, which is great. Uh, also, I, I love the moment during that scene where, um you know, after, like, You know Miles is showing up and he's like saving everybody and Peter. Peter's like Miles, you're doing it. I'm so proud of you. Do I want kids? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone Uh, has such a good
1: arc in this movie.
0: I know. Yeah, that's really fantastic. We haven't really really mentioned what Peter B. Parker's going through, but like he's like this over the hill, like thirty something Spider-Man. He's overweight. He's in sweatpants for most of the movie. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You know, Uh, his marriage with MJ has like collapsed and like because he didn't want kids and she did and that kind of thing. Uh, And Aunt May and his universe has passed away long ago, and all that stuff. And so, like the way he goes from just like the schlubby kind of like over it Spider-Man into you know, hey, I'm actually teaching this kid and I'm mentoring him, and he kind of gets his Spider-Man mojo back uh, through this relationship with Miles. It's great. It's it's everything about this movie works on every level. It's it's actually insane to me uh, (laughs) how good this movie is. I think I think I placed it as my number four. On my 2018 list last year my top 10 list and i feel like i maybe underrated it like it should have been a little bit higher up uh wow <laughs> but yeah spider-man the spider-verse is so good uh and uh, we're, we're going long we're almost at an hour here so i want to kind of quickly rattle through a few things here mike uh, unless you have more stuff that you want to throw in there
1: uh i mean i'm gonna agree with every scene you mentioned so just go ahead
0: <laughs> okay all right fair enough uh okay just real quick the scene where they're um, infiltrating Alchemex and um, they they get there and Miles is like invisible and he's on the computer and <laughs> the computer pops up and there's files everywhere and it's like God ah, click your desktop lady it's great um the and <laughs> there's the scene um, the scene with Miles tied up in his room and he's unable to answer his dad as his dad like pours his heart out after uh, Uncle Aaron dies yeah. yeah it's so good it's so good it's so powerful it's so emotional like you can see Miles like struggling to kind of get out of his binds and he like you know his dad can see his shadow moving in the door and. Uh, it's so great it's so nice uh and then right after that is the big what's up danger sequence where miles like, finally kind of comes into his own gets his spider-man costume it's just fucking stellar shit right there it's so good uh just the way he jumps off and i mean the upside down shot where miles is like rising as he's falling yeah. um like it's the rise like it's the rise of miles morales even though he's like kind of dropping downwards it's i mean it's incredible it's so good uh and i feel like i've said that a million times in this, in this episode but, like it is so good it's so good uh and you know there's the moment the, the moment uh where miles like shows up during the big final fight and he jumps at doc Ock, doc Ock. like he first arrives there like he's doing the invisible thing for a bit and he's like what is going on and then he jumps out and the background color just flashes for a second yeah. you know what i mean where it's like it just completely flashes and then it goes back and it's like oh man i cheered like i, I cheered like, <laughs> watching it again i was like holy shit that's incredible but yeah otherwise uh also this movie made me miss new york a lot like i, I will say watching it again Watching it again, like I feel like this movie really evokes the spirit of New York, in a way that um, you know a lot of movies don't really do as well anymore. I don't know. I, I feel like you know there's like the '70s movies that were really New Yorky and like you know because since since then New York has become a lot more gentrified and things like that and like it's a different kind of vibe that New York mm-hmm. has in movies and that's fine. But this movie felt like New York to me in a way that. A lot of movies try to capture but don't quite hit the mark. Uh, like the train sequence, where he's like uh, just kind of latched onto the subway and like he's, you know, flying through and he's at the dead Peter Park, like the quote unquote <laughs> dead Peter um, kind of dropping and then they fall down to the floor and everybody in the street's just walking around them and not paying attention to them and it's like, hey, if you guys could step around and nobody does anything. It's like, all right, thanks, New York. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah.
1: There's the, this, especially the one moment, uh, I forget. He's riding the subway, like uh, like as smiles, and there's just like the, the the announcement. It's like stand clear of the closing doors. I was like, that's like I yes. think they got the actual recording from the subway because it's so perfect, <laughs> and it's like I kind of jarring.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those like I don't even think about it, but like you know that that's a thing like. You know, I lived in New York for most of my life I recognize that voice immediately like thatsdang clear of the closing doors please um, yeah. but you know I, I live in Montana now that's not a thing that you hear out here uh, <laughs> right. you know it's just, and so I feel like if you're like if you're not from New York that that vo- that that won't mean anything to you you know <laughs> it's right. like a very it's a very weird like New York specific thing which is kind of cool also part of the movie takes place in the Hudson Valley which is where I lived in New York which is where I lived in New York so like that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, I like that the movie,
1: it, Like they call it like a town where it's like, you know, it's from Hudson Valley, New York.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it might actually be a town in the Hudson Valley called Hudson Valley. Valley. I wouldn't surprised. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but the Hudson Valley is not known for being very creative. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say, I say that as if it's not, it's, it's a, it's it's a bolstering film industry. What am I talking about? But yeah, come on. Uh, also, like I will say, like I, I flew back to New York earlier this year, um, and I spent a day in Brooklyn back in like March, uh, which was like a few months after I saw Spider Verse. And like when I was in Brooklyn, I kept like internally shouting Brooklyn the way <laughs> Miles does in this movie. Mm. Uh, it's great, uh, and you know just the level of detail is insane. Like you know, the, also just wanted to quickly point this out because I noticed this this time around. This time around, watching the movie during the scene in alchemex I noticed that Miles' shoe is still untied from earlier in the movie
1: <laughs> really yeah he, yes, well, he knows it's I a thought, choice
0: right exactly but I, I i didn't realize like i you know didn't pick up on that when i first saw the movie back in theaters and so i saw it this time on blu-ray and i was like oh my god like this it's been like almost an hour since that happened uh, and she was still <laughs> tired it's great but yeah also quick shout out to the post-credit scene uh which features yes. oscar isaac of spider-man 2099 who will theoretically be in spider-verse 2 we assume. And, you know, it's, a, it's basically a gag. It's just kind of interesting. Like, hey, 29 to nine here, too. Like, amazing. Like, that's great. Uh, and then he travels back in time, or he travels to a universe that's um, Spider-Earth 67. It's the old animated Spider-Man TV series. Uh, and it kind of does the, the meme thing where it's the two Spider-Man pointing at each other. Uh, and that's a delight, too. That's also great. Yeah. Also, Stan Lee plays, also, Stan Lee plays J. Jonah Jameson in that uh, in that clip.
1: Oh, um, that's right.
0: Any other stuff about Spider-Man and the spider Verse you want to uh, throw out there, Mike, before we start wrapping this up? or getting on to Letterboxd Reviews.
1: Um. It's good. That's all. I want to watch it forever. Basically, <laughs>
0: tell, tell me what the I, I genu- people said. I genuinely want to watch it again as soon as we finish uh, recording this episode. Um, <laughs> did you watch it other in
1: alternate universe mode by any chance?
0: I did not. Uh, I'm I me meaning to because that, that's that's like um like deleted scenes and different animatics and stuff. Like it's un, it's like incomplete stuff that were they kind of like right. work into like show you this kind of early cut of the movie um uh, and i've and i've read a little bit about what alternate universe mode is and there's a lot more stuff with like miles's roommate for example and that kind of thing so I'm, i am interested to watch that actually maybe that's what i'll do after i finish <laughs> recording this episode <laughs> there we go but uh yeah that might be a thing uh any any final nicholas cage thoughts before we get on to letterbox reviews mike because we kind of went off topic on cage because granted cage is in like conservatively like 15 minutes of this movie
1: <laughs> maybe <laughs> right yeah um yeah. Yeah, Final Cage thoughts is that it's he's great. He's so much fun in this movie, and I, I genuinely this movie made me excited for the possibility of a late career voice acting like move <laughs> for Cage. I hope he does it. Like I don't know, he's great in yeah. this. He's great. Croods two coming out <laughs> eventually, maybe. It's true. Hopefully, twenty twenty. Yeah, so I hope he does some more of that stuff because he is a lot of fun in these late late stage uh,
0: voice roles absolutely and this is like you know we had mandy earlier this year we had spider-verse that's like two pretty incredible movies that uh, cage was in in 2018 which was a a better batting average than he's had in a very very long time so uh hopefully he can keep that going i mean 2019 um i don't know i feel like there's like the stuff that i've heard i i haven't really followed like a ton of the like the reviews for some of the stuff too closely uh here are not great things but color out of space comes out pretty soon uh, yeah. Which I have heard pretty good things about, uh, and that comes out in like February twenty twenty. So looking forward to that. Definitely gonna check that out uh, when it comes out in theaters, or if it comes out in theaters around here or VOD or whatever. Um, but yeah, very excited by Color Out of Space, and we will cover those movies at some point uh, when they become more like easily available to us. I think like maybe we'll yeah. wait a year and then come back and do that thing. Um, but until then, we got one more episode after this, and then our big top ten episode, and uh, then we're gonna be wrapping up Complete Works, which is. Insane to think about, but all right, Spider-Verse, Letterboxd reviews. Let's do it, Mike. Here we go. A four and a half star review on Letterboxd for Spider-Verse, which reads, I'm so overwhelmed. What do I even say that hasn't already been said? Could go on about the colors, the animation, the action sequences, the everything really, but for now, I'm just going to process the fact that Nick Cage shows up twice in my top 10 list this year, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was the same for me last year too. Uh, Mandy, <laughs> I think was my number, Mandy, I think might be my number five and Spider-Verse was my number four. Uh, last year I'm pretty sure and uh, upon further reflection I feel like Spider-Verse might have been should have been like number two maybe Um, wow alright here's a five star review of Spider-Verse which reads it's a very short one the G in LGBT stands for Gwen (laughs) (laughs) I mean
1: I'll allow it
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, here's a four-star review, which reads: uh, "Took them nearly 20 years, but someone who actually likes comic books for their uniquely expressive textures, rhythms, and colors finally made one of these movies."
1: <laughs> Fair. Uh,
0: which is true. Again, this this movie feels more like a comic book than any other comic book movie that's come out in ever, probably. Like then, like <laughs> I mean, some
1: comics even.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Uh, here's a four and a half-star review uh, for Spider-Verse, which reads: "Anyone, are you okay? Me, I'm fine." my brain in into the spider-verse you can see a billboard for the play hi hello a parody of the real play oh hello with john mulaney's name above the title as miles is a teenager living in a universe where john mulaney apparently exists especially as he lives in new york he must be aware of new york-based comedian john mulaney surely he would have recognized mulaney's very distinctive voice coming from spider <laughs> does john does john mulaney exist in spider-hams universe too what a spider-ham was actually john and then it cuts off uh. wow <laughs> which um, I'm impressed by that one because that's the kind of thing that I would think about um, quite, a <laughs> quite a bit actually, which we didn't even mention. Like, there's, like, we mentioned there is a lot of background jokes and gags and stuff like that. But like, I mean in times square specifically uh, they cut back to it a lot and there's like a lot of like different billboards of like stuff that's like our universe, but just like slightly different like hi. Hello, which is a parody of Oh, hello. There's um, a bridesmaids poster in there, but it says like a baby shower or something like that. Um, there's a Seth Rogen movie called Ho- hold your horses, which just has Seth Rogen on a horse. It's... <laughs> yep. That's uh, great. Uh, here's a four-star review from uh, Patrick Willems, a uh, YouTuber who I really like. Uh, he said, By the time this movie turned into animated Bill Sienkiewicz paintings, I had to stop myself from screaming, Holy shit, I love this so much! At the screen. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which is also fair. Uh, here's another review, which uh, has no rating, but it says, uh, The best Spider-Man in all the Spider-Mans. I've never seen anything like that. Needs a theme park ride now. All the stars. P.S., Kathleen Kennedy wishes she could go to Lucasverse where Phil Lord and Chris Miller still directed Solo. (laughs) What a mistake. I will never get over it. All the meta and none of the smugness that usually comes with it. They always get to an extremely earnest place, still breaking down the fourth wall entirely. I imagine L-Film thought a meta Solo wouldn't be digestible, but these guys have such a talent for not undermining the universe they're exposing. It's how we consume art on the internet, and they're the only ones bringing it to the screen so succinctly.
1: Yeah! That's
0: the end of the review. (laughs) um which i like uh, to me there was a bit of like uh, i feel like it was just a little bit of shodden for it that spider-verse came out the same year as solo a star wars story and the spider-verse went on to be this like huge critically acclaimed hit it made it made you know four times its budget it went on to win the oscar for best animated feature and solo did not do super well at the box office and generally would kind of like fizzled out like nobody really like even the people who liked it were like yeah it was fine like yeah you know it wasn't like anybody's favorite star wars movie of all time or anything it was kind of like you know like what could have been you know with phil and chris miller solo could have been something really special but instead they took that special kind of brought it over to spider-verse and uh and that was pretty cool
1: <laughs> at least you know we uh, got the we got this and that's what matters
0: exactly yeah we got spider-verse and we have like a movie too which i really like a lot too um Actually, like I was going through my like top, you know, my movies of the year. Lego Movie Two did not make my top ten. Still, like in my top fifteen right now. I think it's wow. good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a movie people slept on. Uh, we reviewed that movie, and I feel like you know you were not as positive on it as I was. Um, <laughs> but I, I also feel like because that movie came out so shortly after Spider Verse, people weren't like people were still too hyped up on Spider Verse to appreciate uh, Lego Movie Two. At least that's my take on on that. Uh, but anyway, it's great. Uh, also, my, my alternate Oscar picks for uh, right now, uh, Not Evil from Lego Movie 2 is winning Best Original Song as of this moment. Uh, wow, not the end credit so, song? But, uh, no, not the end credit. I mean, the end credit song is good too, but Not Evil, which is the one that Tiffany Haddish sings, uh, is
1: yeah,
0: it's, it's the crown jewel of the movie. Uh, <laughs> all right, and here's a, and finally I got one more. It's a four and a half star review from uh, Pilot who's a really fun critic that I follow. Uh, she said, wow, the only bad thing about this movie is that it didn't exist when I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's pretty true. true yeah i i mean i wish like this is the kind of movie like I'm, I'm obsessed with this movie now like if this movie had come out when i was 10 i wouldn't have left the house like i would yeah i would have i would have skipped school over and over again just to watch spider first
1: you would have worn that vhs out for sure
0: exactly uh all right so that is spider-man into the spider-verse a great Nicolas cage supporting performance in a pretty incredible movie uh and one of the all-time great superhero movies so uh yeah that uh finally i'm glad we finally got to review that we wanted to review it when it came out back l- last year we were talking about it like man we got to talk about spider-verse but we knew nicholas cage did it we got we got to save it we got to save it for the complete works uh and then we ended up talking about it for like 15 minutes on a different episode anyway but you know yeah. the important thing is we finally got a full spider-verse review in almost a year later I'm sure the internet search options are great for that. So, uh... <laughs> <That's>... Yeah. <laughs> Listen
1: to us recount a year old movie for an hour. It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, Mike, where can we find you online this week?
1: You can find me at MDFilmBlog on Twitter and Letterboxd.
0: And you can find me online at MSmithFilmBlog on Twitter, uh, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thank you for listening to The Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike show And don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, hit us up at CompleteWorks at gmail.com. And you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside the Review Zoo, a podcast about comic books and movie news and all that nerdy stuff. Uh now our next episode of the Complete Works will also be our last movie review for a while like we've mentioned. Uh we'll be talking to Nicolas Cage in the 2018 sci-fi film Between Worlds. I really hope it's good. I want to go out on a strong note. Oh, uh man. you know it's 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 so like I was thinking to like, Spider-Spider-verse must have been the last movie Cage came out with in 2018. It came out like this third week of December. How could he possibly have squeezed in another movie before the New Year? He did it. Um <laughs> <laughs> managed uh so yeah between worlds we we'll be talk about that movie uh and then after that we we'll be doing our big top 10 cage episode it's gonna be a lot of fun uh plus you can keep an eye out for the next mike and mike go to the movies where we'll be discussing one of my most anticipated movies of the year the new ryan johnson Who Done It, knives out which i am seeing tomorrow night very excited about that movie mike
1: yes yeah i can't wait it's one of my favorite directors doing one of my favorite genres like what else do i need yeah
0: with an incredible cast a spider-verse level cast if you will uh <laughs> <laughs> what if this movie is a secret spider-man movie uh the entire, I, the entire time what i'll if be that's mad if it's
1: stupid? not i'll be mad if it's not
0: <laughs> now that that possibility has been thrown out there you will accept nothing less correct uh all right all right thanks so much for listening guys and thanks for getting in the cage